Welcome to The Hive is Alive. I'm your host, Tess Berry. On today's episode, we will hear part one of the conversation between myself, Apiary founder Karen Amundsen, and Michelle Robbins, Senior Vice President of Third Door Media. We will focus on discussing the remote team model as well as content strategy around conferences. This podcast is produced by Apiary Digital, a digital marketing collective of experienced professionals dedicated to delivering performance marketing solutions for growing brands. Apiary's vision is to enable exceptional performers to live their stories while providing extraordinary value to clients. It's a big part of our secret sauce, which has allowed us to retain top industry experts and give our clients the best talent per dollar value out there. Michelle is the Senior Vice President of Content and Marketing Technology at Third Door Media, serving as Editor-in-Chief for Third Door Media's digital publications, including Stalwart's Marketing Land, Search Engine Land, and MarTech Today. Michelle drives the content strategy across all properties and aligns those with the industry-leading marketing conference series, Search Marketing Expo, or SMX, and the MarTech Conference. And we are delighted to welcome Michelle on The Hive is Alive. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So since we at Apiary are remote-based, I'm going to start with the question, where are you recording from? I'm recording from Los Angeles. Oh, very nice. Are you in an office or are you uh, somewhere else? Well, I have my office in my home. We're a largely remote uh, company, so most of us have home offices. Oh, very nice. So speaking of remote, uh, I'd like to talk a bit about the freelance model, specifically in digital marketing, since that's something you have experience with. So our industry has shifted toward relying more on contractor and freelancer work. And it seems this is only going to continue as projections are saying that the majority of the workforce will be freelancing by 2027, which is amazing. Um, And this change opens up both benefits like increased efficiency and, as studies have shown, reported lower levels of stress. But it also has uh, challenges, particularly challenges around managing remote teams with scheduling and communication And as freelancer market begins to grow, we need to find solutions for these issues. So we'd like to talk to you, Michelle, since this is an area you have some expertise. Uh, As a content editor, you manage a full-time staff as well as various contributors. So this is very similar to Apiary as we are pioneers in developing a highly impactful remote-based model. So what practices, Michelle, have you learned for maintaining cohesiveness in content and tone while working with various contributors that may be remote? So most of our staff, the new staff itself, is full-time. They're not contractors, even though we are all remote. So we're not necessarily dealing with a whole lot of contractors except with our contributed content. But mm-hmm. obviously those people are remote as well. And I'd say the the key to keeping... Um, the key to keeping everybody sort of on the same page and understanding the voice and the purpose and uh, angling their writing appropriately is communication. Mm. And I don't think you have to be in each other's personal space to be able to do that. We use a number of tools, primarily Slack. I mean, we kind of live on Slack. We're all on Slack every day. Slack is more or less our water cooler. (laughs) So I'm in constant communication with my staff as news items come up or as featured items come in. 
from contributors. You know, they're running things by me and I'm directing them, you know, with, well, take this angle, take that angle, or just keeping everyone apprised of what everyone else is doing, right? So Slack is hugely important. I'm also a big believer, though, in still, you know, real communication with one another. So we have a number of meetings every week where I'll meet individually with key people on my team, and then we'll all meet as a group a couple of times a week. And one of the meetings is geared towards, okay, here's what everyone's working on this week, you know, making sure everyone stays out of everyone else's way, if you will, that we don't have multiple <laughs> people covering the same story or covering the same angles, things like that. And as well as making sure our contributed content is coming in that and is unique and not overlapping with what we've got going on from news. And then also we have a brainstorming session every week where it's literally we, we just all get on, get on the phone and say, here's what's interesting that came up this week. And I think we should pursue this, or maybe there's this angle. And, and it gives everyone the opportunity to work across domains, right? So, you know, we've got people who might specialize in covering MarTech or covering social or covering PPC or covering SEO, but this gives us an opportunity to all share ideas and bring things up that we, we think, well, this is interesting, but it's not my beat. So you might be better to cover this or, you know, just coordinate mm-hmm. those kinds of things. And doing those things is as important as maintaining contact on Slack. Right. I, I, I like how you put it where you called Slack your water cooler. So even though you're not all in the same personal space, um, you have different communication platforms and meetings that are set up to keep that communication constant that may be the equivalent of turning to your desk mate. Yeah. You just hit them up on Slack. Yeah, exactly. I think that's I think that's really important and I think it's something that can be missed a lot and if you're not if you're not going out of your way to make sure you're actively communicating with your team, it's easy for people to get sort of siloed and in their mm-hmm. own, you know, corner and then, you know, weeks or months could go by and suddenly it's like, "Oh, well, what are you working on over there?" Well, I've been doing this all this time and, you know, <laughs> uh, suddenly like, "Well, we need you back over here working on this." So um, I've just always felt it's really important if you can't get your team together in a physical space, make sure you're getting together in a virtual space. Right. And that issue might even be a problem with someone who's on a different team on a different floor. You might not even see them if you're working in a building and you still need to set up those meetings. Oh, definitely. Um, Yeah. I like how you approach it where it's, you know, it's not too different. You just have to make sure those um, things are in place, those meetings and such. This is Karen. I actually kind of have another question on that note, because, you know, for me, I have to manage people who are all remote. And um, I think that management style has to be a little bit different. And you have a lot of experience with that. You know, things like how do you know how your team and your employees are performing? What if there's conflicts that need to be resolved or, you know, interpersonal things or employee performance issues or kind of those times when you're trying to co-create big new ideas that, you know, it isn't just kind of keeping the wheels on the bus, but sort of those those big sort of ideations where you want to get in front of a whiteboard and you can't always do that. Um, how do you kind of approach management in a remote capacity? Well, that's actually the biggest challenge, right? So there are, you know, the, the benefits to having remote employees and to being able to work remote and, you know, have flexible scheduling, those are all fairly well documented. I don't see as much chatter out there about the challenges, right? <laughs> and the it really can be significant challenge to get everyone and keep everyone on the same page. Even just scheduling a meeting is harder when everyone's in different time zones and across the country and working on different projects. If you've got everyone in the 
same office. You can just literally go office to office and say, okay, meeting in the conference room in 10 minutes, you know, and everyone's going to show up. It's much more difficult to arrange those kinds of things. So you have to, you have to be a better planner, right? You have to think ahead and you have to be mindful of everyone's time zones and everyone's um, schedules. So we also use, obviously, uh, the Google Suite. So we all have a common calendar so we can see, okay, who's going to be out, who's available at what time. Any, any kind of productivity tool that you might use can help with that. But mostly, I think you just have to be more thoughtful. And you have to really work on, as a manager, your communication style is really important. And you might have to adapt that if you're, if you're new to working with remote people, because uh, a lot of people will want to rely on email because it seems less intrusive right? But sometimes the worst thing you could do is send an email. And the best thing you could do is pick up a phone and have a call with someone. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And having to become a better planner and even I'm finding taking much better notes yes. Um, yes. to keep track of everything and communicating those notes to other team members uh, not only makes the remote model work better, but it makes my work better right. in general. We find it's really useful for our um, standing meetings that we have. We have a Google Doc for each one, and we just constantly add to it, right, the date that we're having it, right. and then the issues discussed. And then then from that same document, we can assign things out to people. Oh, so-and-so is going to follow up on this. So-and-so is going to follow up on that. And all of this happens within a commonly shared document. Whereas, um, you know, if you use something like email to try and manage that process, Email can get really messy really quickly, be really hard to uh, follow up on or find again, or if you don't make a note of it, you just lose it. So again, using a tool that everyone has access to and everyone can update and, and, and add to is really important. Yeah, a lot of collaboration. It is. It's collaboration and it's transparency into the process. Moving into what might be in some of those documents... As an editor, how do you leverage events like SMX West, which wasn't too long ago, to create editorial content for the sites you oversee? Well, we're fortunate in that the content we create for the sites is tracks along the same lines as the content we have at our events, right? Mm. Which then track back to the content we can have on our site. So it's very circular in that way, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because when we sit down to program an event, we program it based on, okay, what's happening in the industry? What are the things people are struggling with? What are the problems they need to solve? What are the questions they have? What are the primary issues that you know are facing search marketers these days, right? And so then that's how we formulate our agendas. And then we get speakers and they're all bringing different types of content. And then at the event, you know, since you've got a variety of voices presenting on the different content areas, it's really easy to be sitting in a session and somebody brings up something and it's like, wow, I'd never, ever thought of that. That would be a great mm -hmm. article. You know, let's have someone write that article. Let's have that person write that article even. So it's pretty easy to turn decks into content. And I'm, I'm assuming most marketers are already kind of doing this thing for their own personal blogs. Um, and if they shouldn't, they, if they aren't, they should be maybe. <laughs> um, but it's things like that, right? So for us, it's, you know, it's all part of the same system. Our content at our shows is not vastly different from the content you're going to read at 
search engine land or marketing land. It's just newer, maybe. It's a it's somebody it's somebody else's opinion. That's a different take, right? It could be that we right. have a session on, you know, Google announced they're now making coffee. So we're gonna have a session on how does Google make the best <laughs> coffee? I'm just gonna use this as an example. And you know, you can get three different people up there with different ideas on how to make the best coffee. That would be a really good topic for um, SMX Advanced since it's in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is that I've actually been to the coffee lab at Google, so they do have a variety of ways to get to get coffee made there. It's pretty funny. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I really like how you put it where I think the major point that you brought up is that the content that comes out of SMX starts back when you're planning SMX. And looking at the content that you guys are already talking about on the sites and what's new in the space, and that that planning is where you start to create the content that even comes out after the event, that it's a holistic process. Absolutely. Um, I, think it'd be, I think it'd be a challenge to have a conference independent of always being in the content that we're in. Right. Not thinking of it as like tentpole events, but that tentpole event is connected to what comes before and after still. Absolutely. It's not a siloed event. For us. Yes, that's that's definitely the case. Right. Well, and I think for a lot of listeners, like one thing they might want to get out of this episode is, you know, how might my company or my brand leverage a conference to help our content process or just to get more content out of this? And something that you said that really struck me, which, yeah, sure, you have this you are this content producing machine and in this hub. And so therefore the content of the, the conference comes from that. But the thing you said that I think resonates with every brand is it starts with what is the need of our audience? What are they struggling with? And that's sort of at the core of what marketers are trying to address for, for any brand. And so I think some of what you're saying is really applicable beyond just, you know, for your use case. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that with, with respect to marketers specifically, I mean, for us, it's, it's a no brainer because this is, this is what we do. But what marketers do is you solve these problems for other people, right? <laughs> so it's one of those cases where perhaps the cobbler has no shoes, where you're not really thinking about developing content on your site because you're so busy with your clients and you need to develop content for them. And that challenge is um, so much greater because you're dealing with a more diverse set of perhaps verticals and businesses and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So you're uh, constantly running with different types of content and different different angles and different things. I don't think I'm uh, explaining this the best that you could, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is that I feel like our job is a lot easier because we're looking at the universe of channels. And as marketers, you're looking at channels and then you're looking at verticals and you're looking at disparate industries unless you only service one industry, which most marketers don't. So I think the benefit to a marketer to going to one of the conferences is seeing and hearing disparate voices, hearing how other people address these kinds of challenges and how um, other people might have solved these different problems. Yeah, I personally enjoy post-SMX events and events that you guys host is looking at a recap that breaks out a topic and you have people on opposing sides or with different points of view. And you can see those laid out in full right next to each other in one article, um, which I think is a great way to do a recap to give a a larger view of the, the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. We actually, um, we work really hard to make sure that we don't have speakers 
saying the same thing over and over in each presentation, right? right? <laughs> so we might have a panel about, you know, a given topic. If we go back to the coffee topic, we don't want, you know, three speakers getting up there and saying the best coffee is, you know, Colombian coffee. Right, right, right. <laughs> because if, if everybody gets up there and says the same thing, that's not going to provide much value and much insight to the audience. So we work very hard to make sure that we're getting uh, different perspectives and different viewpoints entirely with each speaker. And, um, you know, sometimes I think we really succeed on that really well. Sometimes it's a little hard right. because uh, for a given topic, you know, for example, um, AMP, right? Um, there are some fundamentals to AMP that everyone needs to understand mm -hmm. and be utilizing. And everyone tends to want to cover those like, well, you got to be sure you're doing X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, well, got to move beyond X, Y, and Z. Right. <laughs> but everyone, I think it's everyone's instinct to get up there and say, okay, first we have X, Y, and Z. Um, so it can be a challenge, but but we really do strive to get diverse diverse opinions and information across a given panel set. That's funny. That was the exact example I was thinking of from the SMX West because reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking, thinking about AMP in such a different way. And yeah, it was just like a more actionable insights to think about AMP. Right. Yeah. So Karen Amundsen, who's on the call, the founder of Apiary Digital, gave a talk at SMX West about the growth of AI in marketing. We've been doing a bit of content around uh, AI and bots and such. So what is something that you're excited about um, for technology and AI to aid in your workday or something that your team is already utilizing? For me and, and for my teams, utilizing AI or any kind of automated process. Um, I'm, I'm excited about anything that takes away uh, kind of drudgery work, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. That um, makes it easier for us to get to insights and understanding more quickly. Because the faster you can iterate on, on anything, right, the more nimble you can be, and especially in marketing and in, in, in executing marketing campaigns. But specifically for us, it's understanding how's our content working, what kinds of things are resonating. And obviously, that requires a lot of looking at analytics, looking at analytics and user behavior and user behavior on the sites and things like that. So any, any new tool that can, can enable us to get at those insights more quickly and to serve better better offers, better content, better, um, better, more tailored and personalized uh, information to our users. That's, that's the key for us. Yeah. And I think about even just thinking of technology that the remote model wouldn't have been as possible in the past if we didn't have something like the G Suite where collaboration and things like that are made so seamless right. and possible. You know, hearing Karen's talk and thinking about this more and more. I'm thinking about all the things that I'm already taking for granted. <laughs> Even just this um, this tool that we're using to record the episode, you know, that wasn't possible not that long ago. It, it really is amazing, the things that we take for granted and um, not really understanding how, how much more we can do. Um, my whole thing is humans don't scale, technology scales. But if mm. you're utilizing technology in a smart way, you're able to scale your humans as well right? You can, the better tools they have and the better, the more capable you can make them with technology, then the more capable they are overall. Wow. Oh my gosh. I just like felt so empowered. I was like, oh my gosh, I do that. <laughs> Karen, did you have any follow-up questions or thoughts? It was really great to 
hear all your insights. I really enjoy reading your work, Michelle, and really honored to have you on the Hive is Alive podcast. And thanks again for having me as a speaker at SMX. Oh, you were fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because you were on my session and it was an incredible <laughs> session as it was an incredible session. I might be a little bit biased, but... Uh, well, you did a great job of picking speakers. I am tops at that. I'm truly honored that you invited me to join your podcast. I hope that what I provide that is helpful to your audience. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and joining us on the podcast today. I think... You gave a lot of really insightful information, so thank you. You're welcome. I thank you for it. joining us. Please feel free to follow up with thoughts or questions by emailing us at podcast at apiarydigital.com. Follow and tweet us at apiarydigital and subscribe to our show. Join us on our next episode where we will hear part two of our conversation with Michelle, and she will share a behind-the-scenes look at what makes a great talk at industry conferences. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for a sneak peek. The Hive is Alive is produced by Apiary Digital Media Collective. Editing help from Holly Hilton. Produced by Miguel Bravo, Tess Berry, and Karen Amundsen. And we will see you around the water cooler. And you want to make sure that there's not a lot of crossover of content, you know. Um, there was one year... I wish I could remember what the chart was, but I'm not kidding you. I think I saw five decks for one show that all used the same chart. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it was like, okay, somebody needs to change this out. People are going to tire of seeing this on screen.